Dear Heavenly Father, as we spend the next hour together here, I pray that it will be an hour well spent, that the information that is shared would be helpful and um, educational. But Lord, we want it to be more than that. We want um, your spirit to be here. We want your encouragement. We want your wisdom and blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, our, our talk today is, is titled, Healthy Prophets, Growing Ginger and Turmeric. Now, for the sake of full disclosure, <laughs> I have to admit up front here that I've grown ginger and turmeric uh, semi-successfully one time, okay, but apparently that was um, 100% more times than anyone else had grown it that they were trying to get to teach, so I agreed to teach because I knew it would be a good opportunity for me to learn more, so I tried to do my homework, my research, and Believe me, just like everything else, there's tons of information on ginger and turmeric out there on the web. Um, and I will give you four resources at the end that I found particularly helpful. You can take a picture of those. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not a ginger and turmeric growing expert, but I'm happy to share what I've learned. So why grow ginger and turmeric? Again, let, let me just take a, a quick poll. How many of you here are market gardeners? Okay, a number. Um, and the rest would be doing this, I assume, on a, on a home scale for home use, probably. Um, well, again, I'm going to admit right off, I have not done a whole lot of well, I really haven't done much of any research on the health benefits of ginger and turmeric. I mean, I've, I've read some, so I'm not totally um, ignorant on it, but uh, there's a lot. That they're kind of, uh, what's the word, in vogue right now, right? In the scientific community and in the world, ginger and turmeric are big. So... You know, again, I haven't done my own research, but, but everything I've seen says they're really good for you. And I actually do take turmeric pills every day, so I hope it's good for me. Um, it's a unique niche mark uh, product not available in the stores. And when I say that, I'm talking about something very different than what is available in the stores. Obviously, you can go to the store and buy ginger. I don't know how easy it is to buy turmeric. But that's a very different product than what you see here. This is actually some of what we grew. Up on the, uh, the top right is baby ginger, and the top or the bottom left is baby turmeric. Does it look like what you buy in the store? No, it's very different. It's a totally different product. It it doesn't have the hard shell on it. I don't know what else you call it when it when it's mature. 
You don't have to peel it or anything. You can just grate it as it is. It's just much more tender, much more... Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's just when people get used to, to using it, they love it. The feedback is amazing. So it is a very different and unique product. If you're interested in growing it for, for market, it does have a significant profit potential. And, you know, the reality is if, if you've been growing a garden or a market garden for very long, it's kind of like you like a new challenge, something other than the same old, same old, right? So it is kind of a, a fun challenge to grow it. So the first thing I want you to remember when you're uh, when you're thinking of growing ginger and turmeric, is you got to think Hawaii. Hawaii is like ginger and turmeric heaven. Okay, that's where we get our seed from. That's where it grows abundantly. So what you've got to do is turn wherever you live into a little Hawaii. Um, you have to adjust the environment to make it Hawaiian. 70s or low 80s. Now, you know, this is not um, the the deep tropics where it's 95 degrees and high humidity. Ginger and turmeric really don't like it super hot, but they like it 70s, 80s, you know, year-round. Um, you know, Hawaii, if you've ever been there, it's, it's, it's not too hot, is it? At least it wasn't when I was there. Um, and, and especially because, of course, they're islands. So if you're anywhere near the coast, you have those breezes and everything. So, but it is a humid environment. So you want heat and humidity. There's not too much heat. So how are you going to get that if you live in Michigan or somewhere like that? Um, again, the, the temperatures in the upper 80s and 90s, the, the ginger and turmeric don't really appreciate so much. So you just have to keep that in your mind all the time if you're thinking of growing this. Okay, how do I, how do I keep my little Hawaii here? So, the first thing you want to do is start with clean seed. This is a, a, a little downside, especially to ginger, and that is that it's quite susceptible to a number of soil-borne diseases. So, you know, a lot of people think, well, okay, I want to grow ginger, let me go to the store and buy a little bit of ginger and I'll stick it in the ground. Well, that may work, but then again, you may end up with some some disease issues. Uh, we we have gotten our ginger, and every grower I know of gets their ginger from this HawaiianOrganicGinger.com. The the link is on the screen there. Uh, I know there are other distributors, but I know this is this is one of the oldest and best. And what they do is they start new plants every few years with tissue culture. 
And so they're very, very careful. And they don't actually grow it in the ground. They grow it up on benches. So they're, they're very careful about keeping it clean, keeping it from getting diseased. So it's a good source. I will just warn you, um, they run out. They actually, I think, open, well, you can, you can actually order, uh, turmeric now, I think, but the, the ginger seed goes on sale February 1. And the reason I didn't grow it last year was because I missed it. They were sold out. I thought they were going to, you know, notify me when they opened up, but I missed it. And so we didn't grow ginger and turmeric last year. Another thing that they recommend is that you don't grow it in close rotation with the nightshade family because the nightshade family um, tends to have to be prone to some of the same diseases. Now that's a bit of a problem because where for most of us in the U.S., where are we going to need to grow this in order to be a little bit like Hawaii? We're going to need to grow it in some kind of covered, sheltered uh, place, right? So, and that's also where you normally grow your your tomatoes and and those kind of things. So. That could be a bit of an issue um, if you're trying to use, you know, of course, the the solution, hopefully, would just be to keep your soil in really good shape where disease organisms aren't thriving in there. Um, two, the two varieties we've grown, and they seem to be the two main varieties that um, growers that I know of in the U.S. growing it use, Baba Baba Blue Ginger and Red Hawaiian Turmeric. Those are two varieties. Obviously, there's many others, but those are well proven. They worked for us. Um, and then the the turmeric, I, I don't know how well you can see these pictures from where you are, but the turmeric is quite easy to divide. So you'll get Something that looks like, see, these are two pieces here, but they have these fingers off the main mother root, and you're going to break those fingers off, at least the larger ones. You notice these two, they would encourage you to break off, and these three, so you're leaving two smaller ones on here or one smaller one on there. You don't want to break them all off. But you can divide it so they go further. And then here's some pictures. And, oh, I get confused here. I got to do two things. Um, on, on how to cut ginger. Ginger is a little bit more, uh, it takes a little bit more knowledge and skill. And I just took these slides off the internet. There's some spelling mistakes there that I take no credit for. And also, they suggest sterilizing your knife with vodka. I would probably just say rubbing alcohol or something. Um, don't, don't tell anyone that I was encouraging you to go buy vodka. Um, anyway, what you want to do, the, the trick here is they say make sure your cuts are a quarter inch above flush with the other fingers. So you've got all these 
fingers going off. You don't want to cut it right at the base. You want to cut it up a quarter of an inch or so because that's going to shrink up as it heals. And um, I don't know all the reasons. That's just what they say. But I will say like with Hawaiian Clean Seed, you can pay, it's a fairly minimal fee and they will cut the ginger for you. And that's kind of what they recommend for beginners, you know, if you haven't done a lot of it. So you can have that done. So here you see it's cut into all these pieces. They have little eyes, I guess you would call them, where the sprouts are going to come out. Oh, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Just help me with this. Um, so after they're cut, you want to leave them on a rack or something with some good airflow for about five days to cure. Oops, I think I went. Okay. So you want to pre-sprout your ginger and turmeric. You have to understand these have a super long season to to bring to grow ginger to to, to uh, maturity takes basically a year and i'm talking about the the maturity that what you see in the store well obviously you know for us in a more temperate climate we don't have a year to grow it you know unless you're wanting to add heat and i don't know if you could justify that um so you want to get it like in in February or early March, maybe if you're up further north, and you want to get it started on the process here. So you you want your temperatures to be 72 or above, but not hotter than the mid 80s. And one good thing is that light is not essential for sprouting, to initiate sprouting. So I did read about some people just putting them inside, you know, in a closet somewhere or something. Well, I mean, you've got to do it somewhere where, I mean, you, you do have to water them some, not a whole lot. So you want somewhere where you're going to be able to uh, to water them. But it doesn't have to be like in a greenhouse or something. So you want to use a soilless peat or core mix. You know, again, for those of you who don't know, core is made from sh shredded uh, coconut husks. And, you know, being the Hawaiian theme, they might like core. In fact, the people from Hawaiian Clean Seeds say core works better. Um, so I don't know. Then this picture is really not a good picture because I think you can plant them a lot closer than that. But normally you would just do them like in a 10-20 tray or something. Put down a layer of, of potting mix and then just lay them out in the tray, not touching each other, but they can be close. And then you cover them with, with an inch or two more of potting mix, just so they're barely covered. Then you want to keep them moist, but avoid overwatering. And this is where I think we made our first mistake 
with our ginger because we did have some some disease issues with our ginger. Our ginger yield was not as big as it should have been. Um, I will say turmeric seems to be a little uh, maybe more hardy, and we had lots of turmeric. So just make sure. So I think our two mistakes were. Number one, we didn't have it quite hot enough. We were doing it in our greenhouse. And I have the thermostat set like at 65. Now in the daytime, obviously, if the sun is out, it's going to get at least to 75. But um, at night, you know, it probably wasn't warm enough. So they definitely like it warm. And, um, and again... Don't keep the soil soggy. Let it dry out a little between waterings. Obviously, don't let it get bone dry, but just cut back on the watering. And be patient. This is, man, I'll tell you, the the turmeric took forever. I mean, I think it was probably two months before it sprouted. Um, you know, it's, it's gonna be probably at least four weeks. And that, when you're, when you're waiting for something to sprout, four weeks seems like eternity, right? Um, so, but you just have to be patient. Just make sure it's staying the right temperature and the right moisture, and then wait. The ginger definitely sprouted much earlier than the turmeric. But what I started ha- having issues with was the sprouts would die back down. And another problem I had was I didn't have greenhouse space ready to plant them on. So that's another thing you got to think about. You know, as soon as they start sprouting up, you need to, to put them out in the greenhouse. Okay, how much seed do you need? So average average expansion rates are between 8 to 1 and 12 to 1. So you understand what that means. For every pound of seed you buy, you're going to get 8 to 12 pounds of your product when it's grown. And again, these are averages I've heard, you know, as low as like 4 to 1 and as high as 16 to 1. So obviously it depends a lot on your soil and your the care that you put into it. So 30 pounds of seed will plant 100 feet of bed in a double row 6 inches apart. So staggered 6 inches apart in in a bed the spacing recommendations vary again with between four and ten inches apart some people put them really close others like to have them a little further apart with a little more airflow and everything and some people do it in a single row down your bed the middle of the bed others do it i i think it's more common to do a, a double staggered row. And your bed's 42 inches on center. So, you you know, these actually get quite large, you know. 
this tall, so you don't want to crowd them in there. Okay, then you want to plant out into a warm, protected environment. For most of the U.S., that means a greenhouse or hoop house. Soil temperatures, when you plant it out, ideally should be above 50 degrees. So you can buy a very inexpensive soil thermometer and check the, the temperature of your soil. Um, now, I, I, in one of the resources in the back or at the end of the, the slideshow is to a video. Curtis Stone videoed a grower up in Canada who was growing it in a greenhouse up there. He, he was getting amazing yields and amazing profits. But he, you know, Canada, of course, is, is the great white north, right? So, you, he was using hoops over his beds and then covering the beds with plastic to keep it warmer, especially in the early spring. Um, so again, it's all about trying to imitate Hawaii. And so in the early spring, you may want to add either plastic or if it's not quite that cold, a layer of row cover over the ginger and turmeric to keep that that temperature in the right range. Now ginger, and this is another thing we didn't do. I didn't do enough research before we grew ours. Um, they say it benefits from being hilled uh, two or three times through the season. So when you plant it, dig a bit of a trench, you know, plant it fairly deep. I mean, just it's very similar to, to potatoes. Um, so plant it in the ditch and then hill it up. And what they say, and again, you know, you can get into more detail with some of the resources I've given you. But when you see the ginger turning pink on top, that's when you first hill it, the first hilling. Um, and, and you may not be able to see that unless you dig away a little bit of the dirt and see where where the foliage meets the rhizome, the root. And then you'd hill it a couple more times because the ginger likes to go up. Now, another thing they say about these crops, particularly of ginger, is that they need a lot of fertility. They're high feeders, heavy feeders. Here's a picture of ginger and turmeric. Do you know which is which? The ginger is on the left and the turmeric is on the right. Very, very different leaf structure. But um, the recommendations... And for home gardeners, this, this may be a little bit hard to wrap your mind around, but have the equivalent of 15 to 20 tons of compost per acre. So I tried to do some math on that, and, and I think it would be roughly three to four wheelbarrow loads per 100-foot bed. So you could kind of break that down a little further. Um, and then as far, so that's, that's a good compost, of course, is a good general um, fertilizer, 
soil enhancer. Then they recommend an additional 150 pounds per acre of nitrogen. And I didn't even try to figure that because it depends, obviously, on your nitrogen source. You know, you... Um, Soybean meal is around 8% nitrogen, and um, feather meal is around 13% nitrogen. Alfalfa meal is usually more like 2 or 3% nitrogen. So you have to take the actual, I'm trying to think of how to say this quickly and, and simply, but... Um, for every 100 pounds, so say we're using soybean meal, for every 100 pounds of soybean meal, you're getting 8 pounds of nitrogen. Does that make sense? Because it's 8% nitrogen. So if you need 150 pounds to the acre, you're gonna, this is where math comes in in the garden, right? You're gonna have to figure that out. You know how many square feet there are per acre, right? And um, you break that down to however big your area is. This is good math in the garden. Um, so the way they recommend doing that is putting on 100 pounds, and again, this is not 100 pounds, this is 100 pounds per acre, and I'm pretty sure you're not going to be growing an acre of ginger. The equivalent of 100 pounds per acre of nitrogen at planting and then two 25-pound applications through the season. Does that make sense? Did I lose you on that? Okay. Um, and then again, you're wanting to be thorough with your water. You know, Hawaii, they get a lot of rain, right? But you know, because of the intensity of the sunshine and everything, it tends to dry out some between rains. So you don't want to keep that soil soggy. Let it dry out, but then give it a thorough watering. Okay. And after that comes the harvest. So I would say, generally speaking, wait as long as possible to harvest. The longer you wait, the greater your yield is going to be because they're going to just keep multiplying underground there. But I would say at least six months. So we're talking about a long time in the hoop house. The only way market gardeners can justify this is if they're getting a really good price for their for their ginger and and the fact that so many market gardeners are growing it tells me that it's profitable for them so they can stay in the ground even after frost. And, and we did this actually. So with our experience with growing ginger, it was ready to harvest end of October. And we were headed to Romania for almost a month, the beginning of November. So basically we scrambled and harvested a bunch of it well, I think we, we harvested all the ginger and then probably half the turmeric. 
But um, the harvesting and particularly the cleaning, the washing is, you know, just look at that and imagine trying to wash that. You know, there's so many crevices and places for dirt to hang out that the the washing and cleaning is is actually a huge job. And so we washed and cleaned some. Joshua and Kelly took it to market. Man, it sold like hotcakes. I mean, it was unbelievable. People just were almost fighting for it. Uh, but then we had to go to to um, Romania, and they had you know a lot of their own stuff they were trying to do to keep the farm going, and so we put whatever didn't sell in in the cooler, and said, well, it'll have to wait till we come back. Well, that was a big mistake, because by the time we got back, most of it was moldy. So it was a learning experience, and uh, we know what not to do next time. But the point is, so some of the turmeric stayed in the greenhouse, and between when we left and came back from Romania, the frost had come. We did cover it with row cover, but still the tops were largely killed back. But you can still keep it there, at least this is what I read, and, and actually from our experience, as long as there's at least an inch of green still left above the rhizome. But, you know, the, the dead, the foliage will die back and eventually it will go down into the root. It's kind of like with sweet potatoes. Um, and if it comes down into the root, then it's going to compromise the, the root. So you just have to be monitoring that. And, you know, the good thing and what we would like to do this year is just, you know, we start harvesting earlier because our markets end the end of October. So, I mean, I think they had it for just one market. But if we started just harvesting a little bit at a time, like, you know, at least the beginning of October, at least we'd have four markets to sell it. Um, and, and then, even after frost comes, we could still keep some in the ground and just harvest it rather than trying to harvest it all at once and wash it all at once and that kind of thing. So you just dig it up gently with a digging fork. Obviously, you want to be careful that you're not stabbing it. And then cleaning it, which, as I've said, is a, is a big job. So then what do you do with it? So you've got a product that is much more perishable than mature ginger and turmeric. It can only, it can only last for a couple of weeks. And stored, they say, above 55 degrees. And again, I think this is a mistake we made because our cooler was cooler than 55 degrees. But it doesn't usually get cooler than 55 degrees in Hawaii. So, yeah, another lesson learned. So you can keep it for, for a couple weeks for, for fresh market. But after that, what are you going to do with it? Well, there's two main things that I know of. Well, probably 
I mean, there's, yeah, two. You can dry it, just slice it up into thin slices and lay it out in your dehydrator and dry it. And then you can just store it that way. You can grind it up. Um, I don't think that's probably a very profitable way to sell it. Because, you know, they do that on such a big scale elsewhere. I think if you're trying to make money with it, you got to keep it in that fresh state. So this is the way you do that. You get a vacuum sealer. Some of you probably have one. If you don't, they're not that expensive. You get a vacuum sealer and you just put, I don't remember the weights, but, you know, an ounce or two of ginger or turmeric in a vacuum bag and vacuum, you know, all the air out of it and then stick it in the freezer and it will keep indefinitely. We experimented with that and I think we still have our ginger in the freezer still looking fresh and baby-like, um, you know, what's it been, over a year later. And And so then this just takes a little education with your customers because they're not used to baby ginger unless it's a big city where there somebody else is supplying them so you just tell them okay you can buy it buy it now because it may be gone next time put it in your freezer and you know you you sell it to them vacuum packed and frozen so they just need to take it home put it back in the freezer then whenever they need a little ginger or turmeric, they take it out, grate it, and then stick it back in the freezer before it thaws out. So that's a great way to turn a very perishable product into something that will last indefinitely. If you're really entrepreneurial, um, you can, you, you know, you cut off the the foliage, usually you want to leave an inch or two. And again, I'm kind of talking to market gardeners here, but, you know, leaving an inch or two kind of shows everyone this is fresh. This is not the ginger you're used to seeing in the stores. But all this foliage, I mean, you've got huge amounts of foliage there. You can, if you can like I say, be entrepreneurial. You can sell that. I've, I've heard of people selling it to restaurants and other places. They make a tea out of it. And you can actually, especially we found with the turmeric, take the mother root, what you planted in the spring. When you dig it up, that thing doesn't look much different than you planted it. You can still use that for teas or something. They don't recommend replanting it. I did read about people who tried to do that. And the second year, the vigor was never as good as the first year. So don't try to replant it, but you can certainly use it for your own purposes, dry it, powder it, whatever. Um, yeah, what time do we stop here? Is it, I think it's 11.45, is that right? Yeah, we're good. We, I'm almost done here. So with just a little education, it sells well, and you can get a premium price. 
The University of Kentucky has a good handout on it. It's in my resources here that suggests the cost of growing ginger, which of course would be the cost of the seed plus the labor of of growing it is is going to cost three to five dollars a pound just in your your costs. So obviously you need to sell it for a lot more than five dollars a pound in order to make a profit at it. But I've you know heard anything from ten to twenty plus dollars a pound for selling fresh ginger. Again, you're differentiating to your customers. This is not ginger from the store. This is a totally unique, unique um, thing. I think that's it as far as what I have. And here's the resources. These are just four. Like I say, there's a lot out there, but I found these four particularly helpful. One's from the University of Kentucky. One's from Rodale. One's from Growing for Market. For any of you market gardeners, I highly recommend Growing for Market magazine. And then the last one is a YouTube video with Curtis Stone and this grower in um, in Canada. So with that, I can't say much more because that's about all I know about growing ginger and turmeric. So we'll open it up for questions. And I guess they would like you to come up to the mic so it's recorded well. Hello, thank you so much. Um, I have a question about the baby uh, ginger or turmeric compared to what you call mature. Do you know the difference in benefits? The difference is like nutritionally and stuff. Is that what you're asking? Um, honestly, I can't say much about nutritional differences. I do know that it's more tender. You know, the feedback that I've gotten from, from people growing it is that they really enjoy cooking with it and stuff. It's just very nice to work with. Like I say, you don't have to peel it or any of that. So that's, I guess, about all I can say on that. As far as the baby ginger, I might have been out when you had um, talked about it, but you're saying that you can harvest ginger very, very late. Um, is that baby ginger that you're harvesting? or? Yeah, that's a good question. At what point does it turn from baby to mature? And that's obviously, it's a, it's a gradual process. So it's the longer it's in the ground, the the tougher the skin's going to be. It starts losing that. Well, I don't know how to easily go back to the very beginning, but that pink, you know, the it's beautiful, you know, because you've got the green stem and then the pink and the white. It's it's just really pretty. Um, as it matures, it's going to lose that pink glow and start looking more brown, like. Like regular ginger from yeah. the store. So, but, it, but again, let me just say, it's it takes 11 months or, or so to get totally to maturity. So the only way you're going to be able to do that is either if you live in South Florida or else you're, you have it in, a, in a, a hoop house at least. 
So I had purchased ginger and I had planted it in this. So you're saying that I would have had to have waited until this year to have harvested. It's basically a year, pretty much a whole year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And can you do them in pots? Yes. I mean, I I never recommend growing in pots. I just, to me, it's it's much harder than in the soil. But there are many people that do it in pots. Um, and, and I should say, you know, if that's all you've got, if you're still in the city and you're growing in pots, then good for you. Good on you, as they say in Australia. But in my mind, growing in pots is much more difficult than growing in the ground. Hi, yes. If you want to use it for, if you want to get your own stock from, from the sticks, can you use the baby ones and, or you have to wait until they mature for you to grow them again? Or you yeah, have to buy sticks every year? Um, I believe, and, and again, I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but I believe you would need to get mature ginger to plant. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I think if you tried to replant the, the baby stuff, it would not work well. But that's a good question. Okay, so I'm a little confused because you're, you're growing all the way through winter through hoop houses. So you're, there's going to be, um, susceptible to the frost in those. Hoop well, houses. we're not trying to grow it through the winter. We're just trying to extend, we're trying to get it started as soon as we can in the spring. So we turn the heat on in our seed starting greenhouse the beginning of February. So, you know, that's, we want to get it sometime in February, get it sprouting, and then we plant it out in a hoop house, and most, well, pretty much all our hoop houses are unheated, and so, you know, it's going to go till usually beginning of November or something before it's going to freeze. And so from November, because that's still, you have to wait a little longer to... So we're getting baby, we're harvesting baby ginger. We're not trying to get it to maturity. Okay, so in November you're harvesting baby ginger. Yeah. Okay. So it's a long, it's a long season. And you're saying you don't know if you could plant that baby ginger. I don't think you could. I never read anything that suggested you could. But I'm not positive on that. Because when you're talking about in the beginning, you had those cuts at where you're supposed to cut. The point, of, I thought it was to replant those or no, that's not it. No, that's when you buy the seed, either you have them cut it or it's going to come to you whole like that. And then you need to cut it up. To, I mean, you don't have to. You could plant the whole thing, but it's not going to go as far. Yeah. Yes, you buy the mature ginger, preferably from somebody who knows what they're doing and, um, you know, has clean seed stock. What happens if it's not clean? I mean, what happens to Well, the when I say clean, I'm talking about clean from disease, not clean as in dirty. Yes. Uh, if it's not clean, then you're going to have disease issues. And we had some and you know, the ginger rots. So it's very evident yes. what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, you will definitely know if your ginger is diseased or not.
Thank you. Any other questions? Yes, thank you for the question. We've got, wow, we've got plenty of time, so if we run out of ginger questions, we can ask other questions. Okay, just a quick question. Um, when you say mature, does that mean it has reached the flowering stage, or, or how do you know? How do you know when it's mature? I, I guess the easiest way I would say is it's going to look like what you buy in the grocery store. So you have to dig it up to see. As, as compared to what I showed you, these pink, yeah. white. Well, green. I was just wondering, did yours flower at all? Or no? No. I, Do yeah, you know I, how long it takes to reach that? Or? To reach the flowering? No. I, I think that the flowering is kind of hit or miss. I, I don't think, and I could be wrong on this, but I don't think it always flowers. Okay. Well, I've been to Hawaii, and I lived in Okinawa for a while, and we see them in the flower stage, and I, I just wondered where that came in. The yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's pretty close to maturity. Um, yeah, I, I've never read of them flowering, you know, in the baby stage. How, how deep do they grow into the ground? Well, like I said, with, with the ginger, it's going to be helpful to, to dig a bit of a trench, six inches or so deep, and plant it deep. With the turmeric, they say there's no real advantage to planting deep. So just put it in and, you know, cover an inch or two. I have one other question. Um, you said the ginger sold between 10 to $20 a pound. Is that the same for the turmeric, or is it different? You know, it's hard to say because the price all depends on your, your market and the demand, you know. So, like, how much did you ginger, sell it for? Ginger, people know how to deal with ginger more than they do turmeric. So, your turmeric is going to need more education. You know, turmeric is used largely, I think, in Asian cuisine, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a cook. But, yeah. So, they're the ones that know how to use turmeric. And, in you know, most American um, customers aren't going to be cooking with it, probably. Although the more educated ones, you know, are going to have been reading about the the health benefits and they're going to be interested. I have one more question. In in July, June, July, I know how hot it gets where you're at. Um, do you have a cooling wall? Do you have something to keep it cool? Or do yeah, you just use fans? That's a good question. We, we do not have a cooling wall because in our part of the country, the humidity is so high that evaporative cooling doesn't work well. If you're out west, that's a wonderful tool that you have, but it doesn't work well for us. You know, the best we can do is, is cover the, the hoop house with shade cloth, which definitely helps. Um, yes. Um, is that what it looks like when you take it to the market? Oh, hey, how did that get back up there? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it looks with like. Stems. Now, I wanted, I'm glad this is back up there because I wanted to show you 
I don't know if you can see right there. It's kind of black. That was um, some disease on there that, um, you know, we tried to kind of cut off. But, yeah, that that shows you a bit of what can happen. It just kind of starts rotting there. But, yeah, this is... This is uh, what what we would take to market. And how do you wash it? How do you get it clean? How do you wash it? Just uh, painstakingly. You know, with a, a sprayer, just trying to, you know, and, and people have to understand you may not get every speck of dirt out of it, but just spraying it from all different mm -hmm. angles. Okay. You don't go at it with a brush or anything because that would ruin no. it, right? No, I would not recommend a brush because the skin is very soft and okay. even not a real high pressure sprayer. Uh huh. Just normal pressure. And you can't even put it, dip it and, and make it <laughs> go around in the water because that would also probably hurt the skin. Um, yeah, if you're rolling it with a bunch of other ginger, that would. probably wouldn't be good. Okay. Okay. Now I will say we did break it apart some, you know, because what you're seeing here, you know, the the actual clump may have been two or three times that big. So it's almost impossible to get it really clean. So we would break it up some because the other thing is most people aren't going to buy big clumps of ginger. When you're hilling it, it um, are you compacting the soil at all or does it prefer it uh, fluffier and more easy to expand? Yeah, I never, and again, we didn't hill ours, so so we haven't, I haven't had experience with that, but I never read anything that suggested you should compact okay. it. And then in the medicinal market, um, in turmeric, is it, um, is it mature uh, turmeric thereafter, or is or is the baby turmeric also part of that medicinal market? Yeah, that's a good question that I don't really have the answer to as far as the medicinal benefits of baby turmeric versus adult. I would think, my gut would be that it would be just as beneficial, just like baby greens have higher, actually, nutrient value, microgreens, you know, for example have higher than more mature. So that would be my gut feeling, but I don't know for sure. But again, I would never encourage any of you to try to sell your product um, explicitly for medicinal purposes because there's no way you're going to be able to compete on price with, you know, these big growers that are growing acres and acres on some tropical paradise. Uh, laws against calling it medicinal is that, yeah, of course you always have to be careful anytime you're, you're dealing with these kind of natural things. Don't make big claims. <laughs> but you can share your personal experience. Um, my question is, can I grow it in a tunnel unheated, or it has to be heated? Yes. No, the, most people grow them in unheated tunnels. Okay. 
Again, at the very beginning of the season, you may want some additional coverage like row cover or something. Uh, but yeah, you can definitely, I mean, we grew ours in an unheated tunnel. Thank Again, you. the key is, is pre-sprouting it, and that pre-sprouting needs to be done in a heated place because you're doing it in February and March, and it's you're not it's not going to be warm enough in an unheated tunnel. But that doesn't require light, you said. So, for example, a basement with the right temperature yeah. will work. Thank you. Lots of good questions. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. If I get a cluster with the fingers on it and I cut them off, I don't use the fingers, okay, to plant, but I can just use them medicinally or cooking-wise? No, that that is incorrect, and I apologize if I didn't make that clear. When when you get the original ginger or turmeric for planting, you're planting everything. But what I was saying is when you dig that up, when when you're harvesting it, the and and I I honestly I don't remember with the ginger how it was, but with the turmeric, I know the the original seed piece was still looking in very good shape. You could always tell the original because it was a darker color. You know, it wasn't the bright orange. It was more brownish. So that's what I'm saying. You don't want to replant. Well, I, I don't recommend replanting any of it. I'm not sure it would work. But that is, you can still use it. It's not like it's bad, like you need to throw it away or anything. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, plant everything, but don't get them too small. And and with the turmeric, they say you want to leave at least one finger on the main plant. Don't take them all off. Yes. So I've been messing around with uh, ginger, turmeric, uh, galangal, and uh, cardamom. For, for quite a few years, not necessarily for the market, just because I think it's unique and it's interesting to grow. Um, I live up in Washington State, <clears throat> and I'm not really dividing it a lot, but um, I grow things in a big pot just because it's cold. And uh, But for me, uh, I'll grow it, it, it will grow up nice and thick and full, and then it'll go dormant in the winter. And it looks like it's dead permanently, but it comes back up every year in the pot. So uh, um, as far as the dividing, what I've found is kind of like potatoes. Uh, let it go to maturity, divide it, let it dry out and go dormant as a, as a rhizome. Uh, and then you can cut it. Uh, did, I, did I say that right? Um, let it go to maturity, pull it apart, let it go dormant, just sitting on the on, in a box or a shelf, so it, it dries out that cut, like you would do for seed potatoes. Mm -hmm. You don't dig your potatoes up and then replant them. You dig them up, you let them harden off, go dormant, uh, get that skin on it, and then in the spring later on, you cut it up, 
you let that cut dry and then put it back in the ground. Um, now, to maybe kind of add to what you're saying, I have found as a grower, because I've done a lot of greenhouse stuff for quite a few years, the people who are telling you, now, now moderate what I'm saying here, but I have found the people who are telling you to get new every year are the suppliers. Yeah, that's a, that's and a I good kind of, point. <laughs> and no, it's like, true. do you have a motive for telling me this? <laughs> um, but if, <clears throat> if you see disease coming in, well, yeah, you, you need some fresh stock every year. But if what you're harvesting is clean and it's nice and you see no signs of disease, well, you know, play around with it. Yeah, so. no, I think that's a good point. And, well, go ahead. If you have, uh, maybe you should go up to the mic so it can be heard. I have some experience in that. When you say you're harvesting, when you harvest the, the stock, you harvesting, so you harvest at that stage and then you let that cure at that stage and then you use it and replant it or, or are you saving the, the first, the mother? So when I, when I pull it out of the ground, it, it's a lot more mature looking, or out of the pot. So again, I'm not doing this at scale. I'm just doing it for kicks. It, it's not tender like this. I'm leaving it until it goes dormant, and then I'm kind of pulling it up, and I'll break those fingers off. And rather than sticking that fresh break back into a, a pot and, and watering it, because you've got that fresh wound that you just made, Break it apart and let it dry out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then after it's dried out and it's just kind of hardened off, then plant it. Okay, thank you. And so, well, we can kind of end with a point. I'll just take off from what he's saying. And I think it's a very good point. Obviously, any seed suppliers are are going to, if anything, discourage you. At least most seed suppliers are going to discourage you from from saving your own seed because that's bad for their business. Um, this is my take on some of these things, you know, especially like with seed potatoes. I mean, we've tried to save our seed. And in our climate, we've definitely had more disease issues if you try to save it, especially for multiple years. Uh, so the way I look at it is we know, because we have a prophetic message, we know that a time is coming when we're not going to be able to buy seed, right? And we need to be preparing for that time. I thought it might have been here last spring, right? <laughs> when you couldn't buy seeds anywhere, they were sold out. Um, so I, my thought is that as long as I can keep buying it, I'm going to buy my seed. But as soon as I can't buy it, I'm going to just replant it because I believe God can can bless. And does that make sense? Kind of a pragmatic approach. You know, as long as I can buy it, I'm going to buy it. But you always want to keep in, in the back of your mind or maybe more in the forefront of your mind that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I've already heard, you know, the seed companies this year are being bombed with orders. Okay, I guess we have one more question here. 
I actually just have a comment. Oh. Um, as far as the temperature uh, goes for growing it, uh, I live about an hour from here, and in the summers, it's in the 90s. It's still possible to grow. And uh, I have not personally done it, but I have several friends in my community who grow ginger every year. So it is possible. <laughs> Good. Thank you for that. And, yeah, so that's a good comment. And just just remember that there's a difference between air temperature and soil temperature. And soil temperature can be moderated by moisture and by shade. And so as the ginger grows up and the turmeric, it's it gets to be a pretty big plant. So that is going to be moderating the the temperature of the soil so even though it may be 95 or 100 air temperature it would be interesting to check the soil temperature but it shouldn't be that hot so good point and and yeah i'll just say one other thing there we talked about growing in the hoop house but if you live in the southern half of the u.s or i would say the southern third maybe of the US, you probably can get by without having a hoop house. I think it would still be advantageous to start it early in a heated area, but then when the temperatures outside are pretty stable, you can plant it outside. I know plenty of people in Florida that plant it outside. It is a perennial. Okay, yeah. So, in the right environment, it is a perennial. Very good. Well, thank you for your time. If you have any other additional questions, I'll try to answer them. But let's just close with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the time we've had here. Thank you for helping us to get through the material. Lord, I pray if there's anything I said that is not correct, that you would give people discernment to figure that out and give me wisdom to to do better and um, just bless us all lord we know we're living in very uncertain times and we know that as we get closer to the end of time agriculture is going to become more and more important so give us strength and wisdom to face these times in jesus name this media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.